I'm your Wanderlust host, Allie, and I'm really kind of pumped today because today's episode 12. We're talking about traveling as a couple, and for the first time, we actually have two guests on today, Nick and Marissa. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? What's up? How's it going today? It's going good. Can't complain. It's a new year. (laughs) Yeah, 2020. 2020. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so... The episode I'm pretty pumped about because I don't feel like it's something that's talked about often is traveling together as a couple. Like it, it's definitely a different dynamic than mm. just traveling solo, just going with your buddies, that sort of thing. Definitely. Um, you both have taken international trips solo, right? We have. Yeah. I mean, with a mix of other Friends. people Friends. as well. Yeah. yeah. Not but, quite solo, but not with each other. Right, so, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So I've actually never been international by myself. Wait. Yeah, does that make, that make sense? Abroad by myself? Yeah. <laughs> or just with, like, friends um, other than Mexico? Okay. Um, I was, before Kyle came along, I feel like I was more of, like, a dreamer where it's, like, one day I'm going right. to go to Europe. And I would yeah. do, like, a ton of freaking weekend trips to, like, San Francisco or that sort of thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, now, like, getting out of the country once a year is, like, a must. Absolutely. Yeah. So how long have you guys been together now? Seven and a half years. Yeah, about. Damn. Yeah. And you're there. finally engaged. I yes. know. It took me a while. I was a little slow on that, but uh, the family won't let me forget it. No. You just wanted to make sure that she was the one. Yeah. And she is, because clearly you've endured seven and a half years of each other's presence. I mean, we were 20 when we started dating, so it was kind of like neither of us knew what we were doing in life. Both yeah. of us were like, oh, we're going to college. We're trying to go different routes. And it's like. Having to work through that and figure out how to live your own life but still be together was kind of a big hurdle. That's why I think it took so long. For sure. I don't know if I said that too quiet. (laughs) I'm sure it's probably (laughs) fine. (laughs) You listeners can just turn up your volume if it's too quiet. (laughs) Um, So before we get too into like questions and things like that, because I have a bad habit of starting to talk about the episode and not doing the wandering sip segment, that's what I call our drinking segment. <laughs> okay. So since the podcast name is Wanderer Lost, the segment's called Wandering Sips. Ha ha ha! I like it. <laughs> it's I hilarious. It. <laughs> it's Wandering Sips. It's the sips. Wandering Sips the top. Wandering. Sipping while you're wandering. Wandering Sips. So today we are also kind of chatting about Belgium. I try to pick like a country along with a topic so that it's, you know, you can like chat about certain mm-hmm. things about it. And what's really cool is that Nick, you are Belgian. I am. <laughs> <laughs> were you born there or were you born here? I was. I was born in Belgium. Sure. You yeah, were? I was, yeah. Like full on. Yeah, I lived there yeah. until I was like five. Yeah, I was five what? years old. And then when I was almost six, my family moved to America. So I don't have an accent, but I'm 100% Belgian. Dude, and he <laughs> speaks fluent Flemish. Mm, yep. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. So I've got some fun facts for you. Before we get to that, the wandering six se- se- blah blah. The wandering sip segment. <laughs> Marissa's over here judging hardcore. <laughs> You're just adorable. <laughs> um, so I made some black Russians. I've had white Russians before and I've liked them. What is in there? Um, Kahlua okay. and vodka. Very simple. Oh. 
Holy crap. That's all just those. Yes, that's all alcohol. I feel like that was a fair pour, though. Like, I wasn't heavy-handed, right? It said, let's get this, it said two parts vodka, one part Kahlua. Okay. I felt weird about that. Yeah, we did half and half because the vodka I felt like would be a bit too much. This is going to be fun. No promises that I'm going to finish the whole drink. That's okay. It's like, still early. What what time is it? It's it's noon. You know, I mean, I guess it's never too early for alcohol. Hey, it's Saturday. (laughs) Day drinking, man. So. um, Way to start off my 2020 resolutions. (laughs) Straight to the booze again. Let's go. (laughs) So the reason that I made Black Russians is because it was apparently invented in Brussels in 1949. That's cool. Because I was trying to find, like, a drink of Belgium, and this is what it came to. <laughs> Black so, Russians, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, probably give it a little little swirl. And uh, cheers, guys. Cheers. I'm really scared. Here we go. You know, it's not that bad. <laughs> like, I mean, it's strong. It doesn't taste alcohol, but... You don't taste that. No, I definitely do. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally all alcohol. That'd be kind of bad. Alcoholic. Um, no, but it's actually not too bad. I kind of hate it. You can't. Yeah. It's going to be really, really, strong. really hard for me to drink more than like five sips of this. Yeah, like you said, it's Saturday, right? Never too early. Day drinking. Oh, I might sip yeah. on that periodically. Oh, okay, that sickle's stronger. <laughs> all right, anyways. Oh, God. Okay. Cool. So part of the Wandering Sip segment is also talking about food, because that's one of my favorite parts of traveling. Like the culture. Definitely food. The architecture and the food. Not necessarily in that order. Sometimes it's definitely (laughs) the food. Sometimes, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So you guys have both been to Belgium. Well, I mean, obviously you've been to Belgium, (laughs) but you both have. What do you feel like? the first country I've ever been to outside of America. Really? Was Belgium. Well, I flew into... Um, Ireland, Ireland, but, but that, I mean, yeah, I just caught another flight time, so. to, to Belgium. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, I was kind of in Ireland, right, but, but not, not really. technically. <laughs> Later it was. <laughs> and so. yeah, I think it, um, one of the things I've always noticed is it helps when you have people that live there to show you their culture. Yeah. Because I think otherwise you're kind of on your own and you're just figuring out, which can be fun. But I think having Nick's family and Nick in Belgium was amazing. Yeah. Well, I what I really love about staying at Airbnbs, because that's what we always do when we travel, mm-hmm. is we, especially out of the country, usually we book just like a private room oh, in like a house, house or apartment yeah. or something like that. And then it's really cool because we've had hour long conversations with people and they're like, oh my God, you should go here. And like, I yeah. could take you there. Do you want me to take you there? You know, and like, that's that, cool. Like, really cool that. thing. That's a great. I forgot you can do that with Airbnb because I've yeah. always done hostels. Like that's been my thing outside of like staying with family. Mm-hmm. But I could definitely see. I mean, it's essentially staying with family is kind of equivalent to an Airbnb with a host. Because I mean, much. it's like my family will take us places, and that's our experience. Yeah. Um, you were not there, but when I went to Switzerland with my brother and my cousin and his girlfriend, we stayed in an Airbnb, and yeah, they made it us feel like it was home. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Even the ones that we've booked the entire place for ourselves, like this upcoming Europe trip we're taking, we have mm-hmm. five people going. Okay. So it's kind of hard to like book just a private room in someone's house. Sure. Unless you just cram five beds in there, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We are booking entire places, but one thing I've noticed lately is that even when you book an entire place, they generally leave like places they recommend going to. 
and things like that. And like there was um, one time in Costa Rica, one of the places that we were staying at, he left like recommendations and he was like, this is really close by. You could literally walk there. Mm. This is also close by. This is a bit farther. But if you wanted to dress up for a fancy night or something like that, this would be a great one to go to. Beautiful sunsets. Like just giving that like insider perspective to things. And that's definitely one of my favorite parts about Airbnb. Yeah, That's I can cool. say that. A little oh, off okay. topic. Oh, yeah. What do you think the, like, staple food looks like? Or, like, if you're going to have a traditional dinner or something, what is it? Well, Belgium? you, you yeah. can talk about the dinner, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> the French fries. <laughs> so, yeah, I read because, about the fries. Yeah, because they actually were invented in Belgium, but not in France. In like Belgium. everybody says, <laughs> yeah. liars. And you know more about it. who who called it French fries. Well, I've actually so I, I did a little research on that because I like was saying one thing and it's like I'm pretty sure it's still accurate. But the thing about it is it kind of depends on what source you go to. And it's like yeah, if you actually Google it, you'll get like a bunch of different ones saying the French fry was invented, blah blah blah. But it's generally Belgium always. Uh, and then the reason it was named French fries, the story that I found uh, was World War II. Or World War One, I, I forgot. One of the World Wars, the American soldiers that came over were actually um, in Belgium, and they served them what they called chips. You know, that's what the English call it. And uh, the American soldiers called it French fries because they're like, oh, like the people are speaking French, and part of like half of Belgium does speak French, so it's like definitely you know could easily. But I don't know if that story is one hundred percent accurate. But if you Google it, you will find that among the stories, and I find I think that's a good one. When I, <laughs> I like it. I mean, when I googled it, I also read the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the most common story. Yeah. I think it's just there's other people that you know. I mean, it's like who invented what. And it's like when you come to a food item, like no one truly knows. But yeah. it seems the bulk of it though is, seems to be a Belgian dish. Yeah, and which then, I would agree. And, and they have grew. amazing fries. Yeah, yeah. and See, all these like side dips, like you can just dip it into whatever you want. That's another thing about the French fries there. It's not like, like in America, you go to buy like a burger and you get some French fries as a side. There they have these stores called Fritus and they're actually, um, I mean, just the whole shop is French fries. Like they don't sell anything other Literally. than French fries. And it's just like French I fries could and live there. sauces. I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Belgian after all. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of like the big, I mean, obviously that's one of their staples, but it's not a staple most people know Belgium for. Yeah. Obviously, most people think of chocolate and beer for Belgium. Belgian waffles. Belgian and waffles, waffles, of course. Yeah. Fun fact is a mid-afternoon snack before dinner. A waffle? <laughs> it is. It is like a four o'clock snack that you go and eat. It's it not is a not breakfast. a breakfast dish. No breakfast. I got, I got some looks when I tried to eat it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Belgium. Order it. Weird. <laughs> Delicious, though. Like... You, I can't even describe the, the texture and crispiness of the waffle. Mm-hmm. And then they usually, like, they have so many different toppings you can put on it. Like, you just order whichever one you want. Like, I prefer the ice cream with chocolate and oh, yeah. fruit on it. I mean, it's done blanche. Yeah, that's the one with chocolate. It's an ice cream and then some chocolate over it. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Sounds freaking amazing. It is. When you yep. visit Belgium. I put on weight <laughs> after that trip, for sure. <laughs> I feel like you, it would be weird if you didn't. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't at least you gain, like, 15, 20 pounds, yeah. you know. And also, my favorite um, dinner dish I think I've had over there, they have these tiny gray shrimp. Oh, yeah. And you cannot get them anywhere else. Like, yeah. you can't buy them here in America. They only they fish them out of their ocean. It's in the North Sea. Yeah. That's where they're from. Oh, then, yeah, the North Sea. And uh, the, the flavor of them, how they prepare it, it's just amazing. So do you eat them just like like 
plain? Like, obviously in like a sauce or so, are they like in noodles or like how? Another thing, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can use it with the dish, but another fun thing about Belgium is we love our bread and cheese. Um, so with that I see why said, you're marrying him <laughs> <laughs> with that being said they do a lot of uh, they kind of make it like a spread for uh, like a sandwich so you actually have just like a piece of bread and it's like the gray shrimp it's like gray shrimp mayonnaise kind of mix and then some other stuff in there and you just put it on a sandwich and eat it with a sandwich <laughs> Ugh, I haven't eaten lunch yet and this is making me real hungry <laughs> always I dream about those spreads <laughs> 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 we, I literally just for breakfast they and they make make a fresh loaf of bread every morning, and you just cut into it and they put all these spreads out on their table at his aunt and uncles and you just go nuts. And so that's like a thing that oh, they do 100%. even when you guys aren't around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of effort, but also I appreciate it. <laughs> it's they're so quick at it. I don't get it. I try to come home and make a loaf of bread. Oh God. <laughs> It was a disaster. No. <laughs> I was like, I came home from that trip and I'm like, I'm never buying bread again. <laughs> well, they, they have like a bread mixer. They have like a bread. Helps. It like make, mixes the bread and, and then you yeah. just bake it. But I did it all by hand and it did not work well. <laughs> I remember growing up, my dad was really into making bread. And the first few like, probably the first like 20 loaves that he made kind of sucked. <laughs> and it wasn't until like a few years ago that he actually got really good at it and he mm-hmm. started making sourdough bread and like oh, cool. French yeah. bread and like right. all that kind of stuff. It's definitely a skill, I feel like. Yeah. Depends how you make it too because there's like things out there that can help you. But I mean, if you do it like truly by scratch. Yeah. So. Yeah. It took a while though. Um, but that's cool. That's cool. So... Nick, if you could, like, what do you think is, like, your favorite part? And, Marissa, you can answer this, too, obviously. Like, your favorite part of Belgium. Like, not necessarily city, but just, like, one thing that kind of sets it apart in your mind that's, like, so makes it so different from everywhere else. Ooh, that's hard to say. I mean, it's funny because we've been talking about food, but I'd probably go back to the food aspect. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing about Europe is in Belgium, too. Belgium's such a small country. So, it's, like, when it comes to, I mean, it's very centrally located, but when it comes to, like, differences you can find a lot of similarities in like in france and also the netherlands because i mean they're both bordering it's kind of a mixed mm-hmm. culture of all those different countries but i mean definitely i think the food the beer is probably the biggest one i mm. think by far because i mean for how small belgium is they have over 800 different types of beer oh my god like, yeah you know right and it's like a tiny little country and it's like i mean i don't remember the exact population but not that many people and it's like 800 different types of beer for that country and i think that really helps set it aside they have a lot of cool pubs and breweries and stuff like that well i i found it really funny because when i went to visit my brother in germany because he's stationed there in the air force he um you know was just oh the beers here in germany they're so amazing and i was like well you know we really should go to belgium because i think you're gonna love it and you've never i'm like you haven't been there yet he's like no and so we went and he was just like yeah those are crap crap." because they're just all you know like pilsners and they're lighter beers and you go to Belgium and you have one and you're tipsy. They're like eight, and they, nine, they 10% taste delicious. What? Yes. Yeah. But they're so yeah, good. And it's they're like so good. Like I have a hard time with people in the US because it's like I know the um the IPAs are like the big fat in the US. Like it's all like the you know, the big breweries and they're like, Oh yeah, IPAs, you know, and it's like give me a good IPA and it's like every time I have an IPA, I'm just like, Why is everyone raving about this? Like yeah. I mean that's me yeah. personally. Everyone's got yeah. different taste buds, of course. But I mean, for me, it's like IPAs, I have this like strong, bitter aftertaste. And it's just kind of, when you're done taking a sip, it's just like, that was not refreshing. It wasn't like, you got a good flavor initially, but then it's just like a shitty ending. 
And it's like the thing about the uh, the Belgian beers is just like smooth, fully, completely around, and they're strong beers. I mean, ten percent, nine, ten percent, yeah, but they're still so smooth. There's no bitterness, so it's like they def they definitely have kind of figured out their beer. <laughs> and what's very special about the beers too, I think that you should point out is each beer has a specific glass that it gets poured into. Yeah, so it's like so it's very specific glass designed to release like. The, um, and make the beer taste even better. So yeah. they love their beer. Yes, yeah. they do. And oh. so one of my favorite is the the quack. The, the quack. The, yeah. yeah. Because it's it's poured into this glass, and this glass has to have a special holder for it because it can't stand on its own. And so you have to drink it very specifically, otherwise it smacks you in the face. <laughs> the beer will come out of the yeah. bottom of the glass, and, <laughs> and it'll be like really quick. You have no control over it. <laughs> oh my god! So that's like that's a fun. It's not like the best beer, but that's the fun one. My cousins and I try to do it with friends every time they come visit. Yeah, they try like, to do it to me. Yeah, we'll be like, here, drink one of these, and then you'll be like, oh, cool, and you like drink the beer, and it just like splashes in your face, and you're like, ah, oh, really? drink it slow. Okay, but, uh, so good. That's a good tip for Kyle then. For when we do go yeah. to Belgium yeah. at well, some point. Yes. Don't tell them. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> I mean, I know, you're probably you probably do it for that. Just <laughs> like, gotta try that. But a little sidebar with the Belgian beer thing, which Stella Artois is not considered a good Belgian beer. I just like, everyone thinks, oh yeah, I drink Stella. And it's like, no, Stella Artois is like the Bud Light of Belgian beer. Mm. Blue Moon is not Belgian beer. Yeah, and Blue Moon, Shock Top, those are Belgian style. Those aren't Belgian beers either. So no. it's like, we really don't have, like, we have Belgian beers in America. You can find them, but you have to go to the store or like, yeah. DJ sells a couple of them in the restaurant. They have Ooh. Duval and mm -hmm. Delirium. Mm -hmm. Those are good Belgian beers. But it's like, most people, when they think Belgian beer, they think of Stella. It's like, yeah, it's upsetting to me because I'm like, no, it's, it's not you a Belgian can, beer. <laughs> you can get Stella though in Belgium. Yeah, you can. You can't get Shock Top Blue or Blue Moon. Moon. Those or don't Shock exist Top in Belgium. Belgium what about there's this beer that Kyle really likes, and you guys, I mean, you guys already know, so <laughs> there shouldn't be a lot of judgment. But I don't like beer. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's some silence there. No, so. no, oh, yeah. I'm like, what kind of beer? Um, so there's this beer that Kyle really likes, but I don't know if it's a Belgian beer. And I'm going to say it wrong. Um, it's like Hogarden? Yeah, Hogarden. Yeah, that's it, right. It is actually. That is a Belgian beer. It is, is a Belgian it? beer. That's a, yeah. it's, a, it's actually one of their lighter ones. So it's like oh, okay. more like 5 6%. But it's uh, it's a good one. I he like really it. he really likes it. It's one of his favorite. He, he actually, I think one of the it's first times. Otherwise, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the first times he had it, we were in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. and he had it like on tap there. I think or they, oh, cool. they had it on tap, so yeah. he had it there. I tend to call it the hoe because <laughs> I never remember yeah. the whole thing. You know, one of um, a fruitier, a really fruity beer that they have is called the Creek. Oh yeah, um, is it like, you can get it in different flavors. Like sometimes they have it in cherry, sometimes it's in like other berries i think is what they is yeah, it like really fruity or it, is it like it, just kind it's of it's kind of like a juicy juice beer it's the best way to I kind of explain say. it is almost like a honestly kind of like a sparkling wine it's just like, almost it's, yeah it's, but it's Ooh, got but it's got like you a, would like it so you should try it if you go okay yeah. good yeah. that's like Yay. Good, yeah that's something you'd enjoy it's uh definitely more fruity they got strawberry and it's cherry. low percent yeah, it's pretty okay, low. Okay, so I won't get I won't get no. sloshed. That's not good. on one, no. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can depending on how many drinks. Like. One of the things I was looking up about Belgium that I thought was really cool. I mean, there's a lot of things. Oh, I even wrote down that they love their beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, no, but so I wrote down that apparently you Belgians love your beer so much that in the 1970s it was a light beer was served during school lunches. I believe that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. So another what? fun, like when Marissa was in Belgium, she saw this. My uh, my grandparents are both in their nineties, um, 
And basically like we go to lunch and dinner with them and every single time they normally would order a beer with lunch or dinner too. And it's like, you know, in American culture, you don't see that as often. You don't see like grandparents in their nineties, like drinking beer, you know, every day. Yeah. But it's like, that's just such a big part of our culture. You can also start drinking at 16 in Belgium. So when it comes to beer, uh, beer, beer. I mean, liquor's 18, but I mean, it doesn't really stop kids who want to get drunk. Yeah, but, no. But I mean, it's just part of the culture. It's not even thought of. You're like, oh, like a beer with dinner and like 16 year old kids can grab a beer with their dad. And it's just like, that's, it's just part of the culture. Like U.S. is doesn't have that because it's 21 and it's like taboo you know you're not allowed like i've always wondered and this is actually if i'm remembering right a like conversation kyle and i had in europe the first time we ever went together i almost wonder if the drinking age in america being 21 like being so old kind of mm. not not old but like being so much older than the rest of the of the world almost makes it harder for people who have maybe like um alcoholic tendencies or like addiction problems mm -hmm. because it's like a forbidden thing and so when you're a kid you kind of want that forbidden thing yeah you, know, it's like you want what you can't out. have yeah absolutely you know so you I go agree. to parties and get drunk and then it's like oh we have an alcohol problem well a lot of people relate to you can give them a gun and enlist them in an army at 18 but yet they can't go and enjoy a beer yeah i think that's ridiculous you know? like you can vote but you can't have a beer right yeah right no it should well, and now they have raised the age for tobacco. buying cigarettes till 21 to 21 really yes. yeah they just oh. did that yeah yep. but you know the one interesting thing that i do want to point out i would totally change our college culture if alcohol was legal at 18 because, like, think about college right now. The reason college is always known is, like, yeah, I get to go to college, party, all this good stuff. And, like, some kids drop out of college because they party too hard. But the big reason is because alcohol is available at 21 and your classmates that are older than you can now buy alcohol. Mm -hmm. In high school, yeah. your classmates, your seniors can't buy alcohol yet. So they, you know, I mean, they might get it from God knows who. But at the end of the day, like, that would, I think it would drastically change our college culture. But yeah. I do completely agree that 18, I think 16 is a little young. But, I mean, Belgium, it's just part of their culture. But, uh. 18, I think it's like, yeah, you're legally an adult. You should legally be able to do all adult things. Yeah, I agree with that. Going to war and fighting somebody or drinking a beer. I mean, you should like, yeah, come on, you're right, like, how is that? Right. How is that a thing? Like, yeah, here's a here's a gun. Go shoot somebody. Right. That's totally fine. But you but can't drink a beer. You come home, you're not <laughs> when you're all to drink upset beer. and got PTSD. Yeah. You can't go drink a beer to solve right. your problems. You gotta, <laughs> go to, you, know, you gotta wait three years. It's like, what the hell? Like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Um, apparently Belgium was also the second country in the world to decriminalize homosexuality. Hmm. I didn't, know, I didn't that. know that either. Isn't that cool? That's cool. That's cool. I think that's awesome. I mean, I think well, Belgium. <laughs> so there's actually a really crazy video you should watch if you're interested in, on their government. Oh, okay. Because their government is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. they went like 583 days without a government, right? Yeah, they did. They, yeah, yep. like the longest <laughs> amount of time in This video explaining their government and how it all works, you're just like, what on earth? <laughs> well, I can kind of give you a little like side note of it. So basically, uh, I mean, don't quote me on any of this, but basically there's three branches of government and there's three nationalities in the country. So each branch kind of represents a different nationality. So there's the French, there's the Dutch speaking, and then there's the German speaking. I mean, a German is very small population in Belgium, but there are like German speaking population. The French, in, um, which we called, uh, uh, what's it called? I mean, essentially the northern part of Belgium is the Dutch, the southern part is the French, and they have two different branches of government. And then each branch of government has like three smaller branches. So essentially that's nine branches between like the country. And it's a very small country, so it's like... And it's super complicated and essentially nobody can agree with anything. That's why the government shut down for like 500 days. But it's kind of funny because it's like the U.S. government shuts down for 10 days and everyone's freaking out. And they're like, oh my God, and people aren't getting paid. But Belgium's not set up like that. They can, I mean, 
their civil service, everything still gets taken care of. However, the big like rules and decisions is always in limbo because nobody wants to agree with the other party and nobody wants to work it out. So they're all kind of in limbo, just waiting for like the other party to like agree. But it's like there's three, I mean, to be honest, I could see Belgium at some point in the world splitting up and becoming um, two different countries just because of how different North the and Northern South and Southern, and Southern <laughs> Belgium. But it's so small, it doesn't make sense. Like economically speaking, I think the North would actually be fine because they have the big Antwerp, which is actually where I'm from. It's got the port city. And it's mm-hmm. actually what made Belgium a rich country back in the day. Because when Belgium was first founded. Yeah. 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 Oh, I read that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the diamond capital. But the biggest reason was because their port, it's so far inland. And when ship container ships come, they can go way inland into Europe, in the northern part of Europe, and drop off in Antwerp. So because they were such a big port city and all the goods were coming through Antwerp, it became very wealthy, even though it's like a very small country. That's kind of their import export, it's like their main industry. So Antwerp is awesome. Yeah. Brussels was cool. I, I wasn't the biggest fan. So I mean, it was so it was, Antwerp. Yeah. Was where yeah I think Antwerp be. is definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm if biased. If I had to pick but... between the two, <laughs> yeah, but I think that your culture, like if you go to Antwerp, it's it's definitely more welcoming. Yeah. Where Brussels more has the French side. Ah, we kind of intermingle and they're all kind of. <laughs> See, this, this is where we differ. I've had great I experiences know. with French people. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I know. I've dealt with like the French Canadians and like the Parisian French people. I feel French like French Canadians people. is a different ball game, though. Yeah. I mean, they're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> they're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> they're all nice. But there's plenty of nice issues. But I, I don't know. I there's plenty of like nice French people out there. I mean, again, I need to give it a second chance because I went to Paris and Paris was. Just the hustle France, and bustle of a big city. Paris. Yeah. So just so all of you guys out there know, Campbell from multiple episodes and Nick and Marissa are all really good friends. They all had the same horrible shitty experience in Paris. <laughs> we did. Yep. I think I don't know. It's just you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I well, loved it. I don't know. I've talked to other people who've gone and did not like it. Maybe it's because I look European. Maybe. But so do you. <laughs> yeah, he has a Belgian passport. You kind of do yeah. too. I mean, I just look. Did I, German. did I tell you the story about when I was in mm-hmm. Brussels? I think I told you not too long ago. I mean, I can repeat it tell just for again. the uh, podcast. But so when I was in Brussels and we were taking a train from Brussels to Antwerp and, um, you know, like being in Belgium, I like, I can obviously speak the language. So I go up and I'm like asking like the, um, the lady at the counter, like which train to take. And she like points me in the right direction. We bought all, the, all our tickets, went up to the platform, and there was two trains, one on the left and one on the right side of the platform. I hate that. And I just couldn't figure out, like, it wasn't clear, like, there weren't any good signs, and I couldn't figure out which train to get on. And we're in Brussels, mind you, so we're in the middle of Belgium, like, the capital of Belgium. And I'm sitting there, and, like, I see a guy, like, on the platform that obviously works with the train, you know, train, like a conductor or whatever. Um, I guess not a conductor, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he does something. <laughs> he, you know, he works there, and I walk up to him, and I ask him in English first. I'm like, hey, like, which train do I need to take to get to Antwerp? This one or this one, just pointing at the two trains. I mean, it's literally point your finger and I can be on the right train. I'm good to go. And he literally looks at me and he just starts yelling at me in French. And I'm just like, all right, let's try this again. So then I switch language. I go to Flemish and I'm like, ask him again. And he just continues to yell at me in French and just like freaking out, just pointing at all these trains and just like yelling at me in different languages. And I'm like, I can't understand you. And he's like, he was like offended that I wasn't speaking French. And then finally, I'm like, all right. I literally tell him, like, dude, you got to help me out here. Like, English or Flemish? Like, one of those two languages. I already speak two. Like, sorry I don't speak French. Like, tell me which train. And uh, he finally switches to English. So you could definitely understand me the whole time. And he says, he's just like, either get on the train or get out of here. And I'm like, 
I don't know if it's the right one. Like, he still refused to help me. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you work here. Like, I'm literally asking you. And I was, like, super upset about it. And eventually we found the right training. And we're correct with our guests. And God went to Antwerp. God. But it's at the end of the day, I'm like, it's just, that's the attitude I've had when I was in Paris, too. The French people, they just, like, they're, they're, they're a very proud culture, which is mm-hmm. cool. I mean, every U.S. in terms is also a proud culture. I mean, the U.S., you know, like, you kind of see that when you have somebody come to the U.S. You have a lot of people. I mean, not us per se, but a lot of people in general are like, oh, if you don't speak English, get the hell out of our country. You know, and it's like, I feel like the French are very similar to that attitude. However, the U.S. borders Canada, which speaks English, and Mexico, which speaks Spanish. And that's like the most influence and people always, you know, yell about Spanish being part of our culture. But in France, it's like you're bordered by so many countries. You're in your middle of Europe. Like, and most of them speak multiple languages. And yeah, yeah, the French, they speak multiple languages. They're not dumb people. They're smart. They speak multiple languages. But they're just like too too proud to like, to help. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I'm not a tourist. I'm in Belgium. Like it's my home country. Well, and, also, and I'm just like, help me out here. <laughs> at the train station in Paris, we, they were trying to pickpocket us. Really? Yeah. Oh, so the gypsies. Campbell, That's Nick a, and yeah. I, the gypsies were... We're trying to get our stuff, and what what they do is because his cousins warned us and said what they'll do is they'll bring you a clipboard and ask you do, you do you speak English? Oh, that if fucking you say, clipboard! If you say yes, <laughs> then as you're writing your stuff down, someone is stealing your crap from your mm-hmm. backpack mm-hmm. or your what are your bags, and you're not even noticing it. Tell and them so no, you don't speak English. You say no, 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 no. We literally backed oh, we backed up to a wall waiting for our train. The three of us were just like. Paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking around. We got nothing stolen station. though, so we clearly had the right idea. I was so okay. So like when we got to Paris, we were actually passing through the first time because mm-hmm. we were going to um, Pontarsoon, okay, which is um, where like Le Mont Saint Michel is. You guys should go there. I think you'd actually really like it. Mm. Um, but so we were passing through Paris. We were in the train station, and someone came up with a clipboard. Oh yeah. And I was like, like in French, like no. We're go- like we're busy. We're leaving, mm. you know. Because I try really hard to like before we go to a country, learn at least like Definitely. some phrases or words, some phrases mm-hmm. like to get to get by. For sure. And I also yeah. think it's respectful. Oh, completely. You know, That's if someone comes too. up to me and is trying to get me to help them, mm-hmm. and they're only speaking their language, mm-hmm. like chances yeah. are I'm not gonna know it. Yeah. yeah. So like, try to speak my language first. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like trying to pull Kyle along and I was like, no, we're, we're gonna keep going. Let's go. We're busy. Sorry. Goodbye. Mm. And Kyle's like, well, it's for handicapped people. Let me just sign this really quick. And so no one actually like pickpocketed us, pickpocketed us but <laughs> he signed his name and then she was like, five euros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, uh, no. And Kyle's like, I'll just give her five euros. The fuck, Kyle? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He'll never yeah. live that down. <laughs> right. right. never live that down. Hey, guys. It's Editing Alley. I just wanted to pop in really quickly because I would be remiss to not include that this is something that could totally happen to everyone has happened to so many people and is something you definitely have to watch out for when traveling in a foreign country especially when you don't speak the language so this is not just something that happened to Kyle and I because I also sat there and let it happen it happens to everyone and I think it's just really important to watch each other's back be there for each other and really pay attention to what's going on around you Also, don't sign anything if you don't know who the person is. But, so, like, you guys have traveled how many times together? 
Well, we went to Europe the first time together. And then... Went to um, we went Peru, to Peru and Colombia. Oh, I went to Colombia. We went yeah, to Peru together. Yeah, we went together. to Peru together. And then we went to... We've gone to Hawaii together. Um, and we both... And then we both have done a Europe trip without the without other. Without the just, other, It's yeah. hard with my job, obviously, but... Um, yeah, I think that's... I think that's it together. I mean, we've done a lot of, obviously, like, inter-U.S. trips. Like, right. you know, not international, but... So, tons of traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like from where... When you first took that first trip together to, like, now, you guys have changed at all or, like, compromised on things and now you know, okay, Marissa likes it when I do these things when we're traveling, so I'm going to do those things and Nick likes it when I do this? From my perspective, anyways, I feel like from our very first time traveling together... Our very first, just him and I, we went to Italy, we went to Rome, yeah, and (laughs) I still to this day, like, say that that was one of my favorite trips, because it was just him and I for four or five days, uh, just doing, and I've always found it just really easy, Mm. we just, I mean, we agree that we want to do the same things, Mm -hmm. and we do it, I don't really think it's ever been, no, I want to do this, no, I want to do that, (laughs) it's always been very simple and easy going, and we just... It flows well. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. I feel uh-huh. like Kyle and I are like that too. Like we just mesh really well traveling. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like we both are kind of like, man, I'm really tired. I really need a nap. Like exactly. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which in Hawaii, we spent five days together on in Honolulu and it was the best five days because we'd wake up, we'd eat breakfast, we'd go do some crazy hike, <laughs> we'd come back, we'd take a nap, and then we'd wake up, go to the beach, <laughs> start drinking. <laughs> yeah. we, we just like did whatever. And, yeah. And I think when you have, when you have that freedom and you don't like plan this crazy itinerary, I think it takes away the stress. Oh, yeah. Because I think like even if you have a time limit, even if you're like, well, we only have 10 days, we have to do everything in 10 days. Don't say you're going to do this by this time on this day because you're just going to, you're asking for stress. Mm -hmm. I mean, have a list. Like, you know, you want to go to a country, you want to see it. You obviously do a little research. Most people do. I mean, some don't. But it generally have like an idea of some things that you might want to check out if you're bored and you're like, hey, this Mm -hmm. looks cool. But, yeah, the second you start planning stuff too much, it, like, you just waste all your time. I mean, it's like, not, well, not really all your time. You get to see a lot, but you're just exhausted. And you have to come home and you're like, man, I really need a vacation for my vacation. It's like, right? Well, yeah. and I'm sure Campbell could speak for this, too, because um, I know he's going to listen to it. Oh, he will. <laughs> he's, like, the yeah. first person to give me the critique. By the end of our Europe trip, our very first Europe trip, because he actually joined us in Barcelona. When we when we got to Barcelona after Rome, the Barcelona, oh, one of my favorite parts, places I've ever been to. I think it Barcelona is awesome. It has a little place in my heart. <laughs> it was pretty. But, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like Barcelona. And uh, and I think just like our time there was amazing with the mm-hmm. three of us, you know. Mm-hmm. But by the end of our trip, I have to say the three of us were a little on edge because I think we had kind of pushed too much. Yeah. By mm-hmm. getting you know Barcelona, France, Paris, and then Belgium, going back to Belgium. Amsterdam. Amsterdam and then Ireland. By the time we got to Ireland, we're just like toast. We might have like all three walked away from each other at one point because we were just over it. Yeah, just, just now. When like I noticed this too when I was I went uh, last couple months back. Well, I guess like last March. It's so, almost like, a year ago. I know. I know. God, it makes <laughs> anyway, wow. still a couple months, right? Anyway, uh, last March I went and did a trip with uh, my buddy Austin to Europe. 
for uh, we flew down to Croatia, met up with them there in oh, Southern Oh, I want to go to Croatia so badly. Oh, it's awesome. I can tell you all about it too. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, we went from Croatia and backpacked all the way to um, Belgium because I had family in Belgium and wanted him to see Belgium. Right. So like, I mean, we went through Croatia, Bosnia, Slovenia, Germany, Austria, and then eventually Belgium, and then we flew to Spain for our flight out. But uh, with all those like. We, like, it was the same kind of concept. We didn't plan anything. This was mm -hmm. kind of the other end of the spectrum. Like I said, don't plan a lot. But sometimes you do have to have some kind of a plan. Because it was his first time in Europe. And I kind of want to show him a lot. And I, I planned the whole Croatia thing because I really wanted to go to Croatia. Yeah. And uh, when we flew in, we didn't have any plan. We just met up with each other and we're like, what's next? And it was cool. It was so awesome. And we were able to do whatever we felt like in that moment, which was amazing. I think the problem started happening when we started going a little too fast. We would go from Croatia and then the Bosnia and then further up Croatia and eventually into Slovenia. And it's like, we were just like every one or two days we were moving. Yeah. And when you don't book any flights, you have to take a bus, which is totally fine. I mean, like it was a couple hour bus ride every day, but it gets to a point where you're just like so exhausted from constant moving. And it's like for that many countries on that amount of distance of travel, we really should have done half of it to be honest. And just like half the amount and spent more time to really enjoy, relax. Cause at the end of the day, like I got sick a couple times from just, Moving yeah. from country to country to country. Then at the same time, you're trying to have fun. You're trying to drink and you're trying to, you know, like do fun activities, which a lot of, you know, means staying out late. And next thing you know, like I was just completely wrecked and I just was super miserable and spent like, I lost like two, three whole days and sleeping in hostels just because I was like hungover or sick <laughs> or a combination, you know? So I kind of think you should just, you know, like just do a smaller amount. Just don't necessarily plan as much, but also like try to stay within the same area so you can mm -hmm. truly enjoy it. I mean, I know a lot of people don't have, like for us, when we did the whole like trip to, to Rome, to Barcelona, to Paris, to Belgium, to Amsterdam, and Ireland, and we did that in like 10 days. Like all those countries in like 10 days. And now think about it. Yeah, and it's like, what? It means you're literally on the road or traveling every almost every day. And it's like, that gets so exhausting. Yeah, I mean, That's does. why we kind of had like issues. Towards the end. Towards yeah. the end. Because we we're just retired. like exhausted, you know? We yeah. Were, you know, we didn't want to go home, but we were ready to go home because we're like, we pushed ourselves way too much. Yeah. You're like, I just need a break. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. We, when we first went to Europe, we've been trying to adjust how we travel ever mm -hmm. since this first trip, I think, mm -hmm. because we flew into Stockholm, took a night train to Germany, went to Amsterdam went to the um, countryside of France. Uh -huh. I think it's like the northern side. I'm going to say that and it's going to be totally wrong. It's okay. <laughs> Editing Allie's going to fix it. <laughs> um, yo, guys, what is up? It's Editing Allie for the second time tonight. Past Allie is actually right. It is in the northwestern part of France, specifically in the Monche department. Now, Le Manche actually translates to the sleeve. So think of the sleeve of France. Pontarstoon was also founded in the 12th century after a vow by William the Conqueror. We went to France and we went to Paris and we went to London. Then we went back to Stockholm. Mm -hmm. And it was um, like there were a couple places that we were only there for two days, like Hanover in Germany. We were only there for two days. Mm -hmm. And I think Amsterdam, we were only there for two days. Yeah. Now it was, I felt like it was enough to at least see it. Like you could, you got yeah. some kind of experience, like the surface at least of the culture Definitely. and taste the food and stuff like that. But I also always thought that we would like go back to these places mm -hmm. and we haven't been back to those places yet because yeah. there's so many other places in this freaking world to see. Yeah. So it right. makes it hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we try really hard to like 
plan in a way that's not going to like put too much pressure on like how we travel. So this upcoming trip, it's kind of hard because we have five people that are going. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're flying into London and we're going to be there for three days. And then we're flying to Italy. We're taking a train from Venice to Florence and staying in Florence for two days. Nice. And then we're taking the train back to Venice, staying in Venice for two days. And then we're flying back to London mm-hmm. for another couple of days. And then we're flying home. So we're we're trying to make it a little bit smaller. We originally we were originally gonna try to do London and um, Scotland and Italy, and then we're like, this is too much. Something's got to give. Something's yeah, got to go somewhere. I agree. That's probably yeah. smart. Yeah. So you get to enjoy it more, and you won't be like yeah. rushed. Because I mean, it's like it's hard too. You get on a train, and you're like, you know, even if it's a four, three, four hour train ride, by the time you get off, it's like. Even if you start eight in the morning, it's already noon. It's sort of like half your day traveling. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, you know. I get so sick every yeah. time I travel. The first time I was like, I got really sick in London. And we were lucky because I have family there. So we were staying with them. Mm-hmm. And I just remember getting really sick. And my cousin was like, oh, you poor thing. You're so sick. <laughs> and put me in bed, basically. And it was like 830 at night. Kyle's <laughs> hanging downstairs drinking beer. And we'd been dating for five months. Right. So we already met the extended family. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. Do you find yourself, Nick, doing anything that you never, ever would have done before because of traveling with Marissa? Like, I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. When we were in Costa Rica, um, we ran... I, I don't think it was that we ran out of time. It's that we didn't have... Um, there wasn't a washer and dryer in any of the Airbnbs we stayed at. And so I ran out of panties. <laughs> and so I was like taking a shower one night and I was washing them in the shower and like Kyle comes in and he started like holding them for me and like washing them at the same time. <laughs> He's a good one. I think I'll keep them. Yeah, um, <laughs> happy to hear that. <laughs> um, but do you find yourself doing anything kind of like out of the ordinary that you never thought you'd do for someone. I don't necessarily have an example like that. That's pretty, (laughs) pretty good one. But no, I mean, I think generally what it's helped us with like in our relationship is just communication. Just like, cause I mean, when you're out and about and you're traveling, I think it's like, you have to figure out how to do stuff together and truly like tell each other, like, no, this is what I actually want to do. This is what's on my mind. Um, Oh my God. Yes. So I think that really helps. Cause then when you're home and you're in like everyday life, you're just, you're more honest instead of just trying to like, keep stuff from each other because you think they don't want to do that or to be happier you know it's just like you know what like i really want to do this and then just put it out there on the table and Mm -hmm. like next thing you know she's probably like oh yeah me too and you're like oh great (laughs) that was great you know but like i feel like communication is probably a big one that helps yeah travel together i think that that's something that's like super important to point out too because i i personally think that like you don't really know someone until you have traveled with them Mm -hmm. for at least a week and i mean that involves pretty much being around them 24 7 like every waking moment at least you know, and like the first, uh, the first day when we arrived, and I'm sure you guys have heard this story. When we arrived into Stockholm, we flew overnight from Oakland. So we had to drive down to Oakland, um, California, which is only like four hours away for mm-hmm. all you listeners. But we had to drive down there. And the night before, I was like, I'm not going to sleep because if I don't really sleep much, then I'll be super tired and then I'm going to sleep on the plane. (laughs) Always a great theory. (laughs) Oh, silly me. Silly me. I can't sleep on planes. So we get to Oakland. Our plane leaves at like 5 p.m. 
Um, we're in the air. Everything's going fine until I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I'll try to sleep now. And I lay there and I like close my eyes. And like five minutes later, I'm like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and we get to Stockholm and it's like noon their time. Mm-hmm. And we don't have anywhere to stay because we were taking a night train to Germany. Because mm-hmm. we were going back to Stockholm to fly home because the tickets were only like 350 bucks. Sure. You know, so like you do what you can for cheap tickets, right? Sure. So, <laughs> so we had to stay up until 11 o'clock that night, like their time to take the night train. Mm -hmm. And so that meant like 10 hours, almost 12 hours of just like staying up and walking around. I rolled my ankle at one point and Kyle just kind of like laughed and we like walked separate ways. And (laughs) we were getting on the night train. Like we made it, we made it to the night train. We were getting on it. And, uh, I, Kyle had pulled all the stuff up and I had, I was like halfway, three quarters of the way up the ladder because we were sleeping on the very top bunks and my bag got stuck and somehow I unhooked the ladder trying to pull my bag up and I fell all the way down to the bottom of the cabin. Oh my Kyle's up there in his bunk just snickering and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> You're supposed to take my bag for me first off. <laughs> like, let me see. I think I have some pictures because there's a picture of me eating a muffin and I was really mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've been there. (laughs) Don't worry, you're not the only one. I think it's just crazy because like we took that trip and we did not know if it was going to like work or not. We were both like, yeah, I don't know. This is, Mm -hmm. this is questionable. I'm not sure where this muffin picture is. It, there could be a lot of different places that it could be in, but this looks kind of like a grumpy picture. So I'll show you that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yep. Just over it. You're like, when, yep. when is the flight home? <laughs> Can well, we, are we leaving now? Our that we took to Amsterdam, Campbell took a picture of us, and I definitely had a grumpy look on my face but he, and then he was like beauty and the beast because he was watching beauty and the Beast. <laughs> oh i love campbell so much oh, campbell that's for you picture. man <laughs> <laughs> actually it's a great picture it's a i want to see this try to it find it hey guys editing alley is going to interrupt this really quickly because i want to share with you that if you would like to see these grumpy ass pictures from our first europe trip i have a couple of them and i will share them with you guys on the patreon account So go to patreon.com and search Wanderer Lost. I think one of the biggest things in traveling like as a couple that I found is that I'm not really much of like I need alone time type of person. Like Mm -hmm. I'm good to just hang out pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think a really important thing when spending all your time with someone is to take time for yourself, even if you're in the same room. So like I keep a travel journal. So every day I write what we did during that day and like the different things we saw so that I can look back on it later. Mm. And I think that doing something like that's really important. And like you were saying, just communicating and everything like that. Um, One thing I was reading said something about like planning little cute dates Mm. for when you're traveling. And I never thought to do that because we always are just like, let's go do this and on to this thing. Oh, you want to do that too? Yay. Let's go do it. Yeah. But like actually taking the time to plan like a cute little date, like, taking a picnic up to like this really cool place to like overlook the city you know sure definitely something like that yeah Yeah, Yeah. for sure i think that's a good thing to keep in mind 
I can't zoom in, but. <laughs> oh, guys. So Nick's face is like so happy and he's just like, I'm so excited. We're traveling. And Marissa's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I think it was more that Campbell was taking a picture of me in that moment. Oh, <laughs> probably. Like, really, Campbell? <laughs> Campbell, how dare you take pictures? How dare you? Always, always. Him and his brother both. <laughs> I know. They take a lot of pictures. Always at the worst time. Like, you never know they're taking a picture and then they're like, when'd you take that? <laughs> and you're like, that's awful. <laughs> Guess that's why I've never seen this before. That was our whole trip in Peru. Oh, our God. whole trip. No, him and, we had him both and of Campbell. Them, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had both the true brothers. Yeah. Oh, those <laughs> true. Awesome four guys. Yeah. I feel I was for you. Heavily protected, at least. Yes. Well, and I'll also, in a way, I think it's kind of. I don't know. I've actually never traveled with another girl before. I have my cousin and yeah? my brother's girlfriend. I've only ever really traveled with guys. Mm-hmm. I don't I know if that's guys weird, are but... easier. Yeah, I mean they don't take long to get ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're usually easygoing, like with what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm sure, not all guys, but at least the ones I've traveled with. Yeah. Um, I, I've always found it to be easy. Yeah, I think I'd be down to travel with you though. Yeah, I think we should go to Belgium together. We should do it. I got family. Yes, let's got plan this. Yes, you got a place to stay. Let's make it happen. Food. Yep. All the waffles and fries we can eat. Oh, please, yeah. We should go soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we could tack it on to the end of the, the the March trip, you know. Just tack it on there an extra week. Yep. <laughs> Do you guys have any, like, last minute before we end the podcast episode, any, like, crazy travel stories? Doesn't have to be from Belgium. Doesn't have to be together. Just something that's, like... One of the craziest things you ever did, saw, heard. I know his will be crazier than mine, so I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really not crazy. It's more funny because I was in, This Nick was not traveling with me at this time. I was with my brother and my cousin and his girlfriend. And we had, we had taken this little bus. It was like a bus tour to to the Czech Republic. Yeah. And so it was a pretty long bus ride. It was like six or seven hours to Prague from Germany. Jesus. Yeah, from the Ramstein uh, Air Base. And so we're like, oh, great. And like, we're obviously the youngest people in this bus, right? (laughs) Like, we don't usually do these bus tours, but it was like 200 bucks each for three nights. No, was it three nights? Two nights or two nights and three days? I can't remember. I love that you're looking at Nick. I know. Like, he was there. there. (laughs) He's like, I have no idea. But, um, and it included like two different meals what? and included four star hotels. Damn. So we were like, okay, it's worth it because we wanted to go to Prague. We wanted yeah. to go. And not only did we go to Prague, we went to um, Carly Vivari. Oh, okay. Which yeah. is, I don't know if any of you have seen uh, The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Of course, that's I where have. the movie's filmed. So the movie's filmed there. So I've been there, which is so cool. But so we get into Prague and we get there at like one in the morning. Oof. And we get to our hotel. And it's a nice hotel, right? We, we pull up, we unload, and, you know, all these old people, they're like, well, we need all of your passports. And, he, and we're like, well, we all just want to go to bed. And he's like, well, just put them in this basket, and I'll give them back to you guys in the morning. I honestly didn't really care. I was like, sure, here, take it. It'll be all right. <laughs> we'll see. But it worked out fine. Like, we got it back, I think, actually that night. Oh, that's good. Because uh, what ended up happening is we got to our room, 
my brother and his girlfriend were a couple rooms down the hallway and my cousin and I were in our room obviously we set all our stuff down on the beds and we're like oh we're so tired and Janaea like looks opens the window and looks out the window and she sees like spiders in the window up you know in the corners <laughs> yeah. and I'm like okay well you know as long as they stay in the window and we keep the curtain closed I'm gonna be fine with it yeah they're not like the big huntsman spiders exactly or right Australia <laughs> all of a sudden we're sitting there and this gnarly like white huge legged spider crawls out from the window Ooh. and it's like now on the wall Ooh. and I'm like yeah now I call my brother I'm like, you need to come kill this spider. <laughs> Meanwhile, not, he's trying to have a romantic night with this girl. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure he's just taking a dump, but... Because <laughs> like, wow. his girlfriend was like, I think he's dumping out. I'm like... And she's like, do you want me to tell him to cut it off? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he needs to get over here now. <laughs> so, so, like, five minutes later, he shows up. And he's like, and we're like, you got to kill that. We're not going to sleep until you kill that. And he's like, oh, fine. So he takes his shoe off and he hits it and it's nowhere to be found. It's not on his shoe. It's not on the ground. It's nowhere it to be found. I don't know where it went. But needless to say, we're all exhausted and we're, Janae and I are like, nope, nope, we're leaving the room. We're going downstairs. Like, not happening. Yeah. Was, yeah. So yeah. We, we go downstairs and the front desk is like, Okay, well, I'll just I'll just give you guys a new room. Like that's easier than calling Spider Man. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not in the mood for humor at this point. You know, we just want to go to bed. So we get he upgrades us to like a suite on the first floor. Okay, it was a really I can nice dig room. It. Yeah. And uh, poor John, we're like, all right, you have to check the whole room though. Like go and check it. And like there was multiple windows in this one because it was a lot bigger. Yeah. And he said he like got to the last window and he saw a spider, but he just didn't tell us because he's like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> what? <laughs> but oh my god. But so the next night we went out and we were like gonna be these huge partiers, and we get back on the bus, Call right? Because yeah, we were gonna go oh, yeah. party in Prague. Yeah. What <laughs> ended up happening was we went out to sushi. And we drank so much waiting for our food, it took so long, that we got drunk before sushi. Oh, no. Then we ate a whole bunch of sushi, and then we were, like, hung over after sushi. So we're all just like, let's just go to bed. <laughs> so it's like 9 o'clock. Call it a night. It's been rough. We did not party in Prague. Oh, my God. So the next day, though, like, I was pretty tired. I don't know why. And, like, we all get back on the bus, and I'm wearing my sunglasses, like, in the bus. I don't remember why, but... Then the lady comes over the intercom and she's like, all right, looks like everyone had a, had a fun time. And, and she's like, some of us more than others. And like, everyone turns and looks at me and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we didn't do anything. I swear. <laughs> we went to bed early. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'm tell bad. you. Yeah. Probably went to bed before all of you. <laughs> it was just pretty funny because they all like expected us just to go out and rage. Oh my God. <laughs> But it was, it was fun. That sounds awesome. It was. You know, like, these yeah. these travels, like, the, the things that I love about, like, the crazy travel stories is, like, they usually come from bad experiences, but that's what makes the memories, right? Right. right. Tra- travel stories are awesome. I think it's, like, um, you, when you travel, though, it's, like, I think the greatest thing, honestly, why I love traveling more than anything is because, like, you kind of go through the motions in life and everything's kind of the same when you're back home. But the second you travel, every moment is unique and, exp- and different because you're seeing new things. And I, I have memories from travels, you know, that I did like 10 years ago. I could remember exactly what I did the whole day. 
but I can't tell you what I had like three days ago for breakfast. You know what I mean? It's like, how can I tell you what I had for breakfast 10 years ago, but I can't tell you what I had for breakfast three days ago? Because it's like when you're in a new culture, in a new country, you're just, your brain's awake and you're alive and you're just Mm -hmm. sucking up everything. But when you're back home, you're just like, I, whatever, it's just going through the motions. Like you're seeing the same stuff every day. It's not unique. It's not exciting. And I think that's why everybody in this world should travel because it really wakes you up a little bit. It really shows you what else is out there. They, you know, just makes you alive. That's honestly how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Like I would rather have, I would rather not buy a brand new house, brand new car, Mm -hmm. you know, like get brand new clothes all the time and all that kind of stuff. And like try to like skimp and sure you know keep things cheap and all that kind of stuff and like be able to go out of the country at least once a year see i think another thing that is really unfortunate in the american culture is the the common perception that travel is a wealthy person game yeah why do people think that yeah and i think it's i think it's a lot of times it's movies or you know like they just don't know and yeah everyone sees like oh like weekend in paris you're going to be staying in nice resorts you got to pay 200 dollars a night no bullshit like there's hostels Mm -hmm. 20 bucks a night you know Mm -hmm. like and it's like, and even if you're older and you can't necessarily go and, you know, go to a hostel per se, that's fine. Airbnbs, you know, like there's, there's you cheap You can find some live. cheap Airbnbs. Yeah. For sure. Because in the world, I mean, there's so many countries, especially tr- big tourist destinations. Um, like first off, you got to remember the American dollar is really strong in most countries. So yeah. like if you, maybe you can't afford Europe because maybe afford, Europe's out of your budget, that means you can definitely afford South America mm-hmm. because South America is way cheaper. And yeah, like these Europe or all these travel destinations, every single one of them is used to having a lot of people and tourists come in. So they have a lot of cheap accommodations for that because everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie. So it's like corporate world, right? They're like, oh, we all want to have that customer. And the more people are competing, the cheaper it's going to be. So you can actually travel for super cheap. And then the biggest expense that Americans get, which Europeans don't because of uh, like flights in the U.S. are super expensive. They're stupid expensive. Most people don't realize that. But outside of the U.S., like if you go to South America or you go to Europe, I found a $6 flight when I was in Europe. Oh, damn. Six bucks. Huh. Yeah. No, I found one from, it was from uh, Malaga, Spain to Barcelona, Spain. Oh, or my God. One of the, but it was, yeah, it was like one way. I just had to get down from one city to another. Six bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll book that. <laughs> like, no big yeah. deal. Yeah. But it's like, you, that's unheard of. You know, in the U.S., oh, I want to yeah. go from Reno to, let's say, San Diego. I'm paying one way at least over 100 bucks. Oh, Easy. yeah. Like 220 Once you're in those countries, especially Europe, though, it's I find it more expensive than even here in America. Whereas, for food and stuff like yeah, that? Like yeah, like buying, you know, things that you need. Where in Peru, it was so cheap. Oh, Everything amazing. was yeah. amazingly cheap. Depends which country in Europe. Because the northern part, you yeah. know, the more western yeah. Europe, like, you know, France, Belgium, is a little more expensive. But then if you go to, like, eastern Europe or, like, like Croatia, it was dirt cheap. I bought a two-liter beer. Like, two-liter. Like, it straight up came in a bottle like you would buy a two-liter bottle of Coke. Mm-hmm. Two-liter beer for, I think, a dollar fifty or something. So I just bought one of those and hung out in my hostel drinking the whole thing. And oh, my God. And I was two liters of beer in one night. So, but uh, kind of, you know, an example of like, yeah, it's just, it's not. And then I think the biggest one that uh, most people don't do, which is my favorite travel tip for anyone who wants to get into traveling, is get a freaking rewards card, credit card. Mm-hmm. I fly for free all the time. And it's like, you're going to spend money anyways, whether it's mm-hmm. gas, food, bills, you're going to spend that regardless. If you're smart about it, you can spend it on a credit card and realize that that's actually spending money still because some people are really bad with credit cards. Yeah. But if you're at least realize, hey, when I swipe that credit card, I'm still paying money and just transfer it from your automatically from your debit card or your, your bank account straight onto the credit card and just rack up those points with simple stuff like food and gas. And it's like you'd be surprised how many points you get at the end of each year. Yeah, we use Discover 
Okay. And we get, so they, they have different things. Like I think the month of this month in February is like restaurants or it's groceries and gas or something like that. Okay. So anytime we go, you get 5% back nice. on groceries or gas. If you're spending at a grocery store, you're getting gas or whatever. Sure. And so what we've been trying to do is, is do it like that. Like we're going to get gas, we're going to put it on the discover card and then that's already in our budget. Mm-hmm. So yeah. at the end of the month, it just gets paid off. Yes, the, I think the trick is actually transferring the money and paying it off. Right. That's where people get in trouble. Because the second yes. interest starts getting in, it's like you realize they do that because they're trying to get you to pay interest. Yeah. But the second you're not paying interest, you're not losing any money. It's yeah. just a wash. Yeah, exactly. You're just getting free benefits. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, it's funny. You're going to get sponsored by Discover now. <laughs> that would be uh, great. You're like, hey, anybody you working <laughs> at Discover? I take it. No, I use uh, I use Capital One. That's mine. Yeah, I have a Capital One, One card too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I spend sixty bucks a year on the card, and I get way more points than I do ever than spending sixty bucks. So it's mm-hmm. like the way I look at it is just an investment to travel. Yeah, it, yeah, it really just, is. If you do it smartly. Yeah, yeah. If you're actually if you're smart about it, then exactly. it should be fun. That's all. I need. What's your crazy travel story? Okay, well, I got a couple, but I think Marissa's going to talk about. Uh, you think about the Malaga one. Or no, the uh, Malta. So I went, uh, this one's pretty funny. So I went with my cousin. Um, like, you know, I got a bunch of family in Belgium. So right. my cousin, I flew to Belgium and my dad is a big traveler. He's always in different parts of the world for business. Um, and he sent me a message and he was like, hey, I'm going to be in Malta. Uh, Malta is a little island off the coast of Italy. Okay. And it's, uh, it's its own country. It used to be owned by English, the English. So they actually speak, like almost the whole country speaks English just fine, especially because it's big touristic island as well but it's this little island off the coast of italy it's kind of north of africa and it's called malta and uh i just my dad told me he was going to be there for a business meeting and i was like yeah like i'll i'll go down and meet up with you so i told my cousins and i was like hey i really want to spend time with you guys too do you guys want to come with me to malta and two of my cousins uh they said yes so the three of us flew down together uh it was my one guy cousin and one of my girl cousins madaka and coddle and so we went down there and we're just met up with my dad the first day which was great um the second day we we hung out pretty late and my one cousin Maraca, she actually had to go back home she had like school or a test or something like that so she right. had to make it back so she flew out a day earlier before us and so that was the last day and we did a lot of sightseeing the last you know first two days on the island and uh the last day you know my cousin and i were like all right it's just guys trip now right like, it's just <laughs> two guys and my dad and we're like, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of like take it up a notch. We're going to party tonight. So we like had this total mindset of we're going to have fun tonight. We're going to party. And we asked all the locals at the hostel. We're like, where do you go if you want to party? And they told us like, all right, if you want to party, you got to go to Pocketville. Or I think it's Poc- Pocket, yeah, Pocketville, which is basically like a little square in part of the city. And like you have to go there. That's where all the nightclubs are. That's where all the clubs are. A lot of strip clubs. <laughs> and uh, we're like, all right, we're going to go there. But before we did that, my dad invited us out to dinner. And this kind of gets fun because we go to dinner and he's got like a couple businessmen and they're all like hanging out, celebrating, uh, you know, a big like business deal that went through. And then uh, I guess there was an inside joke between my dad and um, one of his businessmen that he owned. He had to owe him like five shots. I guess he like lost a bet or something and he had to like take five shots. So and they kept like we went to a bar afterwards and uh, my dad's wife, my stepmom, she was actually uh, like at the hotel and she was like across the street and like all of us go to this bar and then his buddy kept pressuring my dad. My dad's like, no, 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 I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink. And the guy's like, no, 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 you have to take these shots. Like you owe it to me. 
or whatever. And finally, my dad kind of succumbs to the peer pressure. He's like, all right, all right, let's let's start with the shots. He's like, but if I'm taking a shot, you're taking a shot. Oh, so no. he gets all of us, like all of his business buddies, my cousin and I, gets us all a shot. And I'm like, all right, so we down the first shot. I'm like, okay. And then the guy's like, oh, you only need four more. And he's like, all right, we'll do another one. So just shortly after, like a minute later, he's like, another round. So we all do another shot. We're like, all right. And all of a sudden, he's like, I think he did it like one one more time. He's just like a couple minutes later. He's like, all right, third round. He's like, well, I need two more. So he's like, you know what? Let's do two at a time. So he just like brings us two shots each. And we're like going through bottles of alcohol. We're like, this is ridiculous. Oh, my God. So all of us took five shots. Even his business partner that was peer pressuring him at this point was like, no, 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 no. You got to... You gotta slow it down now. I didn't think I didn't think you were gonna do them all at once, kind of like. But my dad's like, "We're partying. We're gonna do this right." So he's just getting us all shots. All of a sudden, is um, I think at this point we're like five shots in, and all of a sudden his his wife calls him up and was like, "Hey, like I'm around the corner. Where are you at?" And he's like, "Oh, we're at the bar across the street." And she's like, "All right, I'm on my way." And then he looks at everyone's like, "Quick, my wife's on the way. Three more shots, everybody." It's <laughs> just like. We're oh like, my uh, God. are you serious? And he's like, yeah, everybody more shots. He's just like, we've got to get him before my wife gets here. So you're like, I want her to know. So like, we all get all these shots and we're like, we have to drink him before she gets in. So we're like chugging shots. And like, I think his business partner didn't even take some. So we had like a stupid amount of alcohol. Oh no. And then, you know, beer on top of that. Cause we were, we all had our drinks. And then, uh, so at this point we're like eight, nine shots deep. And finally my dad was like really drunk. Uh, my stepmom comes in and she was like, oh man, like, we got to get him to bed. So I, I help bring him across the street. My dad's like, let's go party. Let's go find a bar. So I was like, dad, no, you're drunk. We got to go to bed <laughs> and uh, bring him across the street. And she like needed my help to bring him up to his hotel room. So I do that. I bring him up there, uh, put him to bed. And he's just like, Hey, let's go to the bar downstairs. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, dad, I'll go get the alcohol. You stay here. He's like, you better come back. And I'm like, definitely will come back. And I just left and just like, He's there. I got him into his hotel. It's not my responsibility. <laughs> I didn't come back, obviously. But uh, so at that point, my cousin and I were like, cool, let's finally go to Pocketville. We're obviously both pretty drunk. Let's go check out this cool party area. And on the way, we stop at another little like hole in the wall to get another beer. <laughs> we like grab another beer. Like we didn't have enough, apparently. And uh, we start making it over to Pocketville. And we walk into this square. And it is the first thing you notice is there's strip clubs in a big circle. And there's like all these girls, I guess this is how they do it in Malta. All these girls are like outside and they're like trying to pull you into their club. So you got, you're like walking through the square and your girls come up and like grabbing your arm and like, come with me. And you're just like, no, 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 I'm not interested. And like, no, no, come with me. And you're like, God damn it. I'm not interested. And then my cousin was really <laughs> drunk, which he's probably not going to like when I'm telling you a story. Anyways, my cousin was really drunk. So he, at one point he said, yes. And we like go into one of the clubs and then they're like, yeah, you got to buy us a drink. And my cousin's like, that's stupid. Why am I buying you a drink when he was really drunk? And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Let's get out of here. So we bought ourselves a beer and then just laughed again. Like, Why are we here? So eventually we found this like really like popping bar in the middle of this like Pocketville area. And we're like, all right, let's go into this bar. And they had like, you know, to kind of help mention how cheap it is. They have a bucket of six beers, I think for 10 bucks. Dang. So we're like, yeah, and it was like it was like Budweiser. So obviously it wasn't like good beer, but it's the same. I was like, all right, get a bucket of six Budweisers for ten bucks. So I buy a bucket of beer, and we go sit at a table, and ended up meeting these um, these two girls and this one guy from Argentina, and just kind of like hanging out with them, and you know, bullshitting. And uh, my cousin sitting there drinking the beers, and we each drink three of the beers, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go get another one. So I go and I grab another bucket of beer, and I come back. And before my cousin even opens any of the new six beers I just brought, we're like really drunk. It's like probably midnight at this point or like 11 o'clock, almost midnight. We're really drunk at this point. And my cousin's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, all right. Actually, he didn't even say that. He just got up and he left. And I was like, all right, well, I'm assuming he went to the bathroom. And I'm sitting there and I crack open my first beer on my new six pack. And I'm just kind of hanging out, still like <laughs> bullshitting with these people. And I realized after a while, and I was like, he didn't come back. And it's like 30 minutes. So I'm like, where'd oh. he go? So I go like, 
I asked the people that I'm with, I'm like, hey, can you like wash out after my beer? And I just like run around the whole bar looking for him. I go to the bathroom looking for him and I can't find him. And I'm like, well, he's gone. So at this point, I have to just wait for him. I'm not going to leave because like that's the last place I saw him. And on top of that, it gets even better. He's the one who guided us to this place. So I have no idea where I'm at. Oh, no. I wasn't smart. I learned, I learned my hard way. I actually have a good app for it now, which I can share later. But anyways, um, so now I'm sitting there like, all right, well, they're nowhere to be found. I have six beers, me being... You know, six beers for me. I don't want to leave them. <laughs> like, I got to drink my beers. <laughs> got to stay for the beer. Absolutely. So I, uh, I'm hanging out with these people, just kind of bullshitting, drinking beers. And eventually, like, I make it through my six pack. And at that time, I look down and it's like four in the morning. And I'm like, Dang. he still hasn't come back. Like, where the hell's my cousin? Like, he's gone. So at this point, I'm like, all right, it's been like four hours. I've waited for him. I'm assuming he probably went back to our hostel. So I'm like, all right, that's a safe bet. So I start like, I tell the guys I'm with, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I start leaving. And at this point, I am just beyond drunk. Like, I remember everything, but, like, I'm on the cusp of, like, blackout because yeah. I'm, like, really drunk. And I'm like, well, I waited as long as I could for my cousin. I don't know where he is. I'm just going to go. So I start walking in the general direction that I think is back to the hostel because I have no idea how to get there. And, of course, while I'm walking, I have to pass that whole, like, square of all the strip clubs. And one of the girls comes up and grabs my arm. And I'm just, like, really drunk. I'm like, where are you taking me? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, so I end up in a club. And that wasn't smart. So I'm sitting there just, like, in this club. like, And they bring me more beer. And I'm, like, drinking there. I'm like, what am I doing? I got to get out of here. <laughs> like, oh, no. It's like, I'm just so drunk. And they're obviously, like, but I was really smart somehow being that drunk. They kept asking me for my credit card. And I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> I was like, I only got cash. I kept paying for everything in cash. I didn't give them my credit card. Which, thank God I did that because God knows how much it would have charged me. So finally, I... um. I spent like, I don't know, like 50 euros or something in the club. And I was like, all right, I'm, I got to go. So I leave. And at this point, I walk outside and the sun's coming up. And oh I'm just my like, God. holy crap, the sun's coming up. Like, I got to figure out how to get back. But luckily, because the sun came up, I was able to see the water, the ocean, because we're on an island. And I knew if I followed the ocean, I would eventually get to this bay that I knew where our hostel was. And it was kind of familiar. So I just follow the coastline. And then eventually, like after, I don't know, 30 minutes, I'm like really drunk stumbling down the street. And there's like joggers like coming by me. And I'm like... <laughs> God, what am I doing? Like, I'm just a wreck. You know, I'm like that drunk guy walking home from a bar. So I finally like get to the right place. I'm like, I think I know where we're at. Sweet. And so I walk up and get to the hostel. And ironically, there's this little like four digit code you have to type in to get into our hostel. Uh-oh. I had the code on my phone. My cousin didn't. So, but I didn't think about that at the time. I was like, well, sure, my cousin's sleeping. I type in the code and I open the door and I walk into our hostel. And the first thing I do is look at his bed and he's not there. He's still gone. It's six in the morning. He's still gone. And I'm like, where the fuck is my cousin? Like, but at this point, I'm so drunk that I'm like, there's nothing I can do. Like, I need to go to bed, right? I just kind of hope he gets back. So I I lay down and I kid you not, like, I put my head down. And if I had put my head down on my pillow for three seconds, I would have been like passed out. But like two seconds in, I hear suddenly at the front door from the hostel, I hear a beeping noise. And literally the beeping goes, dink, 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 dink. So I don't know why, like in my boxers, I wake up, open my door in my hostel, just running through the hostel in my boxers at like six in the morning. And I open the door, just assuming it's my cousin. And there he is, just super shit faced, just like trying to type in, like trying to call me on his phone. His phone wasn't even working. I think it was off. And he's like holding it up to his ear, like <laughs> he's like typing in the code. And I was like, God, like, get in here. And he's like, okay and he like comes in and he just like crashes on his bed we don't even say a word to each other and just pass out oh my god so here's the best part the next morning we wake up and the first thing of course i said i was like dude it's like where the hell did you go last night he's like what are you talking about and i was like you left me at that bar he's like what bar 
He's like, the last thing I remember was putting your dad to bed. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? <laughs> so, no. yeah, needless to say, we had like a seven, eight hour ordeal and adventure after that. And he doesn't remember any of it. And he doesn't remember his like four or five hours of missing. And uh, I think he looked at his credit card statements and he spent like not that much money, luckily. He spent okay. like another like 80 bucks on probably, and what we had to, it's like a lot of small charges. So we're like, he probably spot beers all night. Yeah. You know, like in his drunk mood. But yeah, uh, you know, it's a really funny one because like, that was probably the most sketchy situation I've been in. Just like super drunk by myself running around trying to find my way back yeah. on an island. At least I was on an island. Yeah. Couldn't wander too far. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, he survived. He made it. And then we were pretty, I think we woke up like three, four hours later after going to bed. Somehow thought we were sober enough and just continued exploring the island until our flight. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like blacking out. No, like no. I don't like Our losing either. that level of control and like not knowing what's going no. on. Yeah, especially in a new place. Oof. Yeah, no, it wasn't. That would have stressed me the fuck out. Like, luckily, I remember everything. Like, I was Ugh. blacked out, but my cousin definitely was done for the night. He just, <laughs> oh I didn't know. God. He left and took off. Oh my god, that's crazy. It's probably a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a twenty-minute story. I, I uh, applaud anyone who listened through the whole thing. <laughs> Campbell. Yeah, Campbell. Yeah, way to go, Campbell. <laughs> and Kyle. Kyle listened through the whole thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Good job. Well, you remember when I thought I was getting chased by a puma in Peru? Oh, in Iquitos in the Amazon. Well, not in Iquitos. It oh, was, well, it was in, our in final little yeah. like three mile stretch to Machu Picchu, uh-huh. and they uh, all ditched me because they were like, real. "We want to get there first. So they all start start running, and I'm like, "I'm not gonna run three miles uphill." Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm like, I'll I'll try, but I'm not gonna. So on my little backpack, I had attached like a blanket or not a blanket, a towel. Uh-huh. And it was that noise, like, rubbing on my backpack when I was running. And I totally thought I was going to, because there was no one around me. Like, I was just me on <laughs> the trail. And I was like, trailhead. I'm going to die. There's a puma. I can hear it. So I'm just, like, running faster. <laughs> and, like, and I finally catch up to them. And I'm like, guys, pretty sure I almost just died. <laughs> so I was thinking about it later. I'm like. No, there's definitely a towel. <laughs> you notice the sound later. You're like, wait a minute, we're in the middle of the city. Where's that? Oh. There's a puma. <laughs> it's after me. You never know. <laughs> it's scary what you hear when you're like alone. You know, like right. when no one's around you and you're like, and you hear I hear something. Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> Something's coming yeah. for me. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, guys, for like coming on the, the show, the podcast. Yeah. Be part of it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm excited to have you guys back on because you guys have that bus. Oh, yeah. That we do. Yeah. Born to explore. Born to explore. And yes. that you turned into basically like an RV. Is that how you would yeah. describe it? A, yeah. a bus RV? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, so the actual word for it is schoolie. Oh. I kid you not. That's like, <laughs> I don't know who came up with that, but it's actually schoolie. That's what people call them. There's nice. a whole like Facebook page like. Because I have my Facebook page for it, and then I have, like, uh, got other people that I've, like, joined their Facebook pages, so I have their schoolie page. Yeah. And everyone just, like, goes on there and shares tips with each other, so. Legit. If you check out Born to Explore with the number two instead. Cool, and it's cool. a Facebook page, and uh, it's pretty obvious. You'll see a big black and orange school bus. You can't miss it on the front of the cover of the <laughs> right. Facebook page. There you go. Yeah. So if yeah. it's not black and orange, you got the wrong page. Right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And listeners, thank you guys so much for for staying in there. (laughs) Love you.
Seriously, guys, thank you so much for listening to Wanderwear Lost. If you're loving it, you want more travel tips, you want more travel insights, definitely check out our Patreon page. It is the one place you're going to get the exclusive content. Um, Some awesome videos are coming up that I'm really excited to share with you. So definitely check that out. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Just search Wander Where Lost. You'll know you have it when you see the backpack. You can also listen on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and the website wanderwherelost.com, along with our host site, anchor.fm. Thank you guys so much. I'm wishing you all the love, laughter, and amazingness that your day needs. Strickadonia! Strickadonia!